Hello, 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 hello out there in the world. Welcome to Squad Up, podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me on the squad today, it's my bro, it's my best man, it's Mr. Clean. Just kidding, it's Peaches. Oh, that was rude, man. <laughs> I liked our last intro better. Oh my gosh. How we doing? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I just watched you check your hair out in your in your webcam. How's it looking? I don't have any right? to check out, so I guess I can't really talk. How's my hair looking? It's a, yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a what a swoop you've got going on there, dude. I'm trying. I'm doing. It's yeah. for the ladies, for the fans. Gumby, thanks for enjoying those sick moves, my friend. We appreciate you, Gumby. We're gonna have you on here soon. I promise. Soon. Now, what's been going on, dude? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? Oh, we're jumping right in. Yeah, how's the gaming um, world been treating you? You know, it was like a weird week because we did a lot of stuff, but it didn't feel like we did a lot of stuff. I don't know. I had an extra day off this week, so I didn't really know what to do with my time. I, I am like the super first world problem sounding person right now, but um, I don't know. A little bit of everything game-wise. Played some Fire Emblem. Uh, I taught Gumby about Fire Emblem. He looked like he enjoyed it. He might confirm in the <laughs> chat in a moment. Uh, Fire Emblem, the regular game, and I did find the randomizer, so played that a little bit. That Dope. is a very interesting program. Uh, I failed very hard last night at my basically no practice run of Link to the Past, no major glitches. That did not go very well. That's okay. Uh, I should actually try to practice the levels. Um, and then we played some Heroes of the Storm. We tried to play Borderlands. You remember that night? We I tried remember. to play Borderlands too. The, the first thing we did was try to play Borderlands, and then yeah, the, the Steam was down. Steam store was not being very nice. And then uh, downloaded, but haven't played yet. Dauntless, and of course, the thing that a lot of people have been waiting for. Strangely, we finally played some Dungeons and Dragons, but oh. that's all I'm going to say for now. Ooh foreshadowing Uh, i've also i downloaded dauntless i played a little bit of it um it seems like a pretty bare bones experience so far but i haven't delved too much into it i'm waiting for you so we can play together because i think it's meant to be a more social game from what i've played so far the first day i tried to go in and the game was like super choppy and i thought it was my pc i got like embarrassed because like oh my god my pc can't run this thing um i was wrong it was just that so many people were bombarding the servers that it was choppy for everyone so i went back and i tried it again and it was uh, crystal clear smooth um so the game plays really well so i just um maybe we'll take a little bit more time coming up um who knows though because this just in our game of the month has been chosen you have spoken you out there the listeners have spoken and near automata has won yeah um, screw you lego star wars yeah. eat a dick <laughs> So, uh, we're going to be playing Nier Automata for the entire month of June. Probably not the entire month. Like, I'm not going to be playing Nier Automata for the whole month straight. Um, but we'll be playing it throughout the month of June, and then we'll have a, an episode at the end of June talking all about the game, just like we did God of War. Um, so, be on the lookout for that. That content is going to be coming. We'll give you updates throughout the, the different weeks of where we are in the game, how we're progressing, how we're liking it, and then we'll do an entire episode on it. Um, Timeline-wise... And we'll we'll remind you guys of this later, and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, we're gonna start that poll tomorrow for the next game of the month, the July game of the month. So June first, we're gonna keep the poll open 
until June 28th. So there'll be four weeks to jump on the Squad Up Facebook page and let us know what you think. Um, and be good to us, please. Yeah, uh, please. Um, and so, or don't. It'll be funny. <laughs> One of these days, Lego Star Wars is going to win, right? Um, no, please. No. <laughs> so um, I've also been playing a little Pokemon Go. Um, we'll talk about why I'm playing Pokemon Go later, but I have been jumping back into it, and man, they've they've really improved that game. That game is a lot better than it was. It's got quests now. It's got um, there's a lot more reason. I think um, as a gamer, especially in today's age, you need a reason to be doing things, or else you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything, right? Especially in these like super persistent games. I mean, because that's the 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 level that it's put itself in, right? It's put itself into a not linear A to B story, but a you know, a persistent world. And so if you're going to be in there, you need a reason to be doing the things. And it's given, you know, it's given me those reasons to keep playing. Yeah, but you you are like the classic, I love a narrative in my game. And like, you will not find a narrative in Pokemon Go other than... These three, these three gangs are fighting. Which gang do you want to be a part of? Fair, and that's a fair point, but there's no narrative in Heroes of the Storm when I play that. I mean, I guess there is like a weird narrative there, but I don't play it for the narrative. I play games sometimes for the, the game, but you're correct, and good narrative does, you know, kind of pull me in. Yeah. Um, I've played a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn. I got through the, the sort of the initial beginning of it. Um, I enjoy it right now. Who knows if I'm going to have enough time to continue through it because um, we're going to be starting Nier Automata here pretty soon and I don't know if that's going to, if time will allow, you know? Would you say we'd be starting Nier Automata in the near future? No, I'd say we'd be starting it in the Automata future. Damn it, that might be true too. Got him. I mean, yeah, I don't know what the, honestly... Uh, I know that it's a game. I know a lot of people like it. And besides that, I know nothing about it. There's robots. Right. Lots um, of endings. There's lots of robots. There's endings. But besides that, no idea. Um, so we're going to find out. Endings. We're going in super blind. Um, <laughs> that'll be a fun time. So let's, I'll play it on my stream, too. Yeah. That'll be a fun time. Me, too. I think. At some point. I don't know. Uh, let's see what's going on in the world of gaming. Waluigi time. Waluigi time is right. Um, joining us now for this this little this little bit right here is gonna be uh, A B or A Bailey. <laughs> what are you What are you going for right now? Well, instead a of Bailey, A B C D Eduardo, it's A Bailey. <laughs> I thought she made her name Brayley. I mean, it could be Brayley. Who cares? Um, oh, but it's okay. my wife Brayley. Uh, she's coming and oh she's going to talk to us uh, for just a sec um, about our first news story, which is PUBG is suing Fortnite, which is insane. For those that don't know, my wife right here behind me, Bailey, say hi. Say hi to the folks. Hey. Um, she is a law school student, so we're coming to get her law school student opinion. Now, she's not a lawyer yet. She's one. She's told me to be very clear about that she's not my legal counsel. She's, you can't take anything she says for, like... Super fact, but she can give uh, her opinion. So, Bailey, what do you think about PUBG suing Fortnite? Um, well, first of all, I only know about PUBG based on these articles, so I'm just giving a random legal opinion based on what I have read online. <laughs> um, but it seems like they're trying to sue 
because Fortnite copied their game genre, which you can't really sue for that. Um, the copyright lawsuit would have to be if like they specifically copied parts of the game, but it seems like they're just suing because it's a similar type of game. And couldn't you do that with lots of other games? Right. Yeah. I don't. I just don't see that they they have any like bearing to stand on with this. Not to mention, it goes into really really murky waters because um, PUBG and Fortnite have a relationship. Epic Games creates or is the 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 maker of the Unreal Engine. PUBG runs on the Unreal Engine, which is licensed through Epic Games. What? So, right. <laughs> so it's it's just interesting that um, this whole thing is happening now. That might be where PUBG gets its its sort of its legal bearing, saying because technically part of the team that made Fortnite worked on PUBG, that that's where they're going to get their like, that's where they have their their, their sticking point. Well, what do you think That's... they're trying to get out of the lawsuit? Like, do you think they're trying to get money from them, or do you think they're trying to get Fortnite to just shut down? Do you think, I think they, they want, do you I, think they want their name on Fortnite? I think they want both, and I think the exact opposite is going to happen with both things. I think Fortnite is only going to get bigger from this, and I think PUBG will only get more haters it's from gonna this. It's going to be like the social network. They're just going to pay to make it go away, and so, Fortnite's going to continue. Epic Games. I think what's going to happen, I think yeah. what they're ultimately trying to do is shut their competition down. Like they see how popular Fortnite is and they and they know that the most popular streamer in the world right now is playing Fortnite every night. I'm sure they'd rather him play PUBG. And I'm sure they're just like digging around to try to find something they can do to get that advantage. But this is like it's not gonna work. Like well, and it's you you gotta look at it from from PUBG's perspective. Like you are PUBG. Um months ago you start taking the gaming world by storm and you you sort of bring to the forefront the genre this battle royale genre and along comes fortnite saying hey we're gonna do that too but we're gonna make ours free and then fortnite becomes a monumental hit and surpasses PUBG, which no one thought was gonna happen and becomes the next like big thing so you're probably pretty butthurt if you're PUBG. sorry i'm trying to find a picture of PUBG so i can put it over my face uh, there is a, a picture of Player Unknown himself. Yeah, Brandon Green, Player Unknown himself, um, who worked on the original okay. Arma Three mod. Right. Yeah. Uh, P- Player Unknown is an actual person. That guy on the cover. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so um, that guy he, has that guy's wearing a um, a button down shirt and a black tie, and I have a bl- a button down shirt and a black tie, so I might sue him. Have you ever seen you and Brandon Green in the same room together? <laughs> and so, um, from a legal perspective, I guess um, I just don't think it has any grounds to stand on. And, like, um, Brandon Green worked on the original Arma 3 mod, which was the original, like, Battle Royale game. So, I just don't think the two, like, are ever going to, like, it's, this is going to go nowhere and it's going to just go bad for, for PUBG. Well, is PUBG the first one to even do this type of game? No, I'm it's sure no. you say that. They copied it from someone else, and they're the ones that made it popular, and then Fortnite came along and made it mega popular. And not only that, it's not even... The idea doesn't even originate in the gaming world. The idea, as far back as this article we found talks about, but like off the top of my head even, because I, I recognized it immediately reading this, the idea 
as original as I know, came from a Japanese movie called Battle Royale, which is, which what is the, Hunger Games is the same thing. Of. It's like Hunger Games, but before Hunger Games and in Japanese. Like right. everything that they've done is just uh, like an amalgamation of a bunch of things that have already been done. Battle Royale and a shooter. They're together now. Whoa. I mean, are there any similarities like between the games? Because the standard, the court would look at if the games are substantially similar. I mean, they're the same genre. They both have guns and they both have 100 people that jump out of something and then there's one person left. Like, they are very similar. But I don't think... are they substantially similar? Like, would you confuse the two? You could not... I don't think you could confuse the two. And that's like saying... I mean, and to be fair, there are lots of games that I I think I could confuse. Like, I could confuse Tekken with um, King of Fighters or some other 3D... I mean, I probably just pissed off a lot of people in the fighting game community by making that comparison. Um, But, you know... How dare you! There there are fighting games you could probably confuse. There are um, Battlefield and Call of Duty. You don't see whoever which one of those came first suing the other one which honestly i have no idea which one came first but you don't see one of them shooting or shooting um suing the (laughs) other one you know or shooting the other one hopefully you know these this sort of emulation has been going on um, you lost gumby man damn it he was our only follower (laughs) (laughs) that's Um, not true either so i just i just don't know i don't think um i don't think it's gonna go anywhere on next week's news football sues soccer (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so uh bailey thank you for being here for for joining us for this you're welcome short stint um we will have her on an episode here very soon for her full take on like all kinds of stuff she's gonna actually sit right there and still listen to this whole thing Um, but she's out of the camera view yay next time she'll have to do her top five games of all time she'll have to be part of the squad right um so moving on there's a new fallout game coming out <laughs> fallout 76 uh which and maybe they're it's it's a micro or microsoft game um because they're going from four to 76 but <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's a really cryptic trailer that come that, that came out and it, it doesn't show too too much but what it does show is that this new fallout game's coming out and it's going to be this weird survival horror that's at least what people are assuming not survival horror but a survival game a la rust and some of those other games where you basically start with nothing and have to just survive um for as long as you can as best as you can yeah i mean that i i was saying this to you earlier and we intentionally cut ourselves off so that we didn't like lose potential content here but I just don't understand the point of like a survival game. Is it like when you say survival game, the first thing I think of is like Minecraft where it's like a sandbox and like the creepers come at you at night and you just kind of like do whatever until you're tired of it. Is that kind of like what Rust is? I assume, honestly, I haven't played it. I haven't played Rust. Um, people are people rave about it. People, there's like a big community following it. Um, I'm almost positive that it's a multiplayer game, so you're playing with other people. So that's the that's the the assumption that Fallout's going to be multiplayer as well. Um, and so you're okay. trying to survive alongside other people um, and with other people. So maybe that's what it's maybe that's what they're trying to do. Um, I can admire Bethesda, who is a company that could probably just put out the next Fallout game and people would flock to it anyway. Um, but instead, they're trying something different, and I admire them for that because they're one of those companies that they could just keep pumping out. You know, Elder Scrolls Six will come out eventually. Next Fallout game will come out eventually, and they could just keep pumping those babies out, and no one would, you know. 
no one would complain because they're they, they continue to put out the same you know the same quality of product i wonder if they're gonna though <clears throat> end up like shooting themselves in the foot over this because you're right like they can she's doing another bunny hop in the background no she that, was, like, that was like a velociraptor oh it kind of looks like frankenstein had a leg cramp <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's not about her appearance by the way um sure it is Bailey is a very beautiful woman she looks that like you married i married frankenstein. Um, what? anyways what i'm trying to say is <laughs> it kind of feels like they might shoot themselves in the foot a little with that because like yeah, you're right. They could slap the name Fallout on pretty much anything and people would buy it, but also they could just make a standalone game about survival and give it its own theme. I mean, there's not really a lot of information about this, so maybe it's kind of like a spin-off game. Maybe it's not like a game sequentially in the series. I would assume uh, so, yeah. So, you know, maybe it already is like that and we just don't have enough information. But I will say, what I was going to say earlier, I had a really hard time getting into the Bethesda style games. Um, the first Bethesda style game I played was Fallout 3 and I bought it when it was like on super sale. It was when it had already been out for a little while. So it came with all the DLC when I bought it on PlayStation 3. And the, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. I know I've, I've said this before, um, but my problem with Fallout 3 was I'm the, I'm the completionist. I'm the guy that has to collect everything even if it doesn't matter, like I see a bowl that I can pick up in the distance and I want to put it in my backpack. Hold, please. Uh, we're holding for little Ivy to stop her, whatever she's doing. She gets really nervous when people show up, like they're going to come in here and murder me. I don't know what it is. I mean, anyways, maybe they are. Anyways, I didn't, I didn't care for Fallout 3 at first because I wanted to collect everything. And if you've ever played it, which I'm sure you have, you have a weight limit in your backpack, right? Right. And if you carry too much stuff, you don't actually like succumb to the weight limit. You just move really slowly. And so I didn't realize this. I start collecting every little tiny thing I find that means nothing. And eventually I'm like not even through the tutorial level and I'm just slugging along because I have all this crap in my bag. And I get that it's teaching you to like only pay attention to important things. But like at the same time, I want to collect everything. That's just how it is when I play games. So I pretty much immediately ditched the game. And then um, Skyrim came out and I decided to give it a chance anyway. And I just, I liked the gameplay so much more in Skyrim that I was able to get past the fact that I couldn't pick everything up. Right. So I think now that like, I've kind of gotten used to leaving items behind that like clearly don't matter anyway. Um, I could probably go back and play the Fallout games, but I just, I, at, at the time, had no no care for them. I don't know about you. Yeah, I tried Fallout, um, I tried Fallout 3 when it came out, not when it came out, probably like in the same time as you when it came out on like Super Sale. I tried it on the Xbox 360. Um, I think I just wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it as a game. Because I didn't understand it. At the time, I had been playing a lot of, like, FPSs. This is when FPSs were really big. I was playing Call of Duties and Halos and all those. And then I picked up Fallout, and it was just not the game that I wanted it to be because I just assumed that it was going to fall in line um, uh, with all the other ones. Um, And, hey, look. I borrowed it from Davy Jones over here in the chat. Davy Jones in the chat is actually the one that let me borrow my first copy of Fallout 3. Um... Hey, look at that. And I did not like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Oh, no. Um, 
So I'm not a huge Fallout fan. I am a huge um, Skyrim fan. I loved Skyrim um, because I think I at the time I knew what I'd kind of signed up for there. So maybe one day I'll go back and try the Fallout games. Who knows? But um, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of people that are that are really um, pulling for it. And if you want us to play Fallout, if you're like, you guys are wrong for not playing the most recent Fallout game, there's a way you can do that. You can get us to play the Fallout games if you vote in our next month's Game of the Month. Well, look at that plug. Hey, we bring do it what around we can. town. We do what we can here. Listen, the best thing about that trailer for for Fallout seventy six, which I think everybody should watch anyway, if you're even mildly interested in the Fallout games, go watch the trailer if you haven't. But John Denver is singing "Country Roads" in the background, and that's really important to me. If you like "Country Roads," whether you care about Fallout or not, you go you go watch that trailer right now. All right. Yeah, when the next trailer that has Selena in it, I'm all there. But whatever you just said, it like when in one ear and came out the other. Dude, you list you watched the trailer, okay? You've heard Country Roads. Sure, I could not pick it out. Um. Country Roads, <laughs> take me home. And so, needless to, to say, place. we are not um, we are not super. I belong. All right, peaches. We, the, the, the people have had enough. Uh, needless to say, we're not super hyped for the new Fallout game. Um, but what we are hyped for, and I mean mega hyped for, is that new Pokemon game that is going to drop later this year for the Nintendo Switch. All aboard the hype train. Dude, I'm so excited for that oh, game. man. I just got, like, chills thinking about it when you said it. I am it. so hyped. And this is what's got me playing... Um, this is what's got me playing Pokemon Go and getting me back into that. Um, I just want this game to be good. I just really, really, really want this game to be good. Uh, what What do you want out of it? I just want to be able to... I want... And to be fair, Pokemon Go has, has sort of done that a little bit, but I want that same Pokemon experience. And I don't mind... Um, <laughs> and, um, and I don't mind that... That Fort, uh, not Fortnite. That that Pokemon Go has kind of come out. I don't mind that they're changing things. I don't mind them. I, I don't want a a complete carbon copy of a Pokemon game move into another another game. I don't mind that they're changing things. But what I want is I want to still feel like I'm playing a Pokemon game. Um, whether that is keeping the 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 turn based combat, whether that is. Um, you know, finding Pokemon in tall grass, which I think we've already. Um, have learned that is that's not necessarily going to be the case, um, but I just want that 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 Pokemon experience. I want to feel like a little kid again, you know. I think I don't know. We kind of talked about this on our very first episode because we talked about Pokemon games, and you asked me what I would want out of them, and I said I just want the same damn game but with better graphics on a console <laughs> that I that is like up to date. And so when I saw this, I like dropped everything that I was doing and I immediately told you about it because I freaked out yep. and I don't know how I feel about there not being random encounters because immediately when I saw it, I, my thought was somebody, somebody made my wish come true and probably several other people's. I'm sure a lot of people have the same like Pokemon wish where they just want the regular game just to look a lot better and be more like crisp. You know what I mean? Sure. Just all around. And I think that they'll find a nice way to incorporate everything, but it had a lot of what the original games have. It had the exploration. It looked like it might have some puzzle solving. There's definitely trainer battles, 
And the trainer battles aren't this. If you're watching, you'll know what this is. If you're not watching, just pretend I'm tapping on a phone for a really long time. This is the trainer battle in Pokemon Go. Fair, and that's a fair point. You swipe to dodge, and then you keep doing this. Can you hear this? Yes. That's me tapping. I'm sure okay. it's annoying lots of people. But the... But, you know, in the trailer, you see Pikachu having a list of moves it can use. Bulbasaur is actually attacking something. So it looks like it's a little more refined as far as the battle system goes, which is why, to me, I'm kind of confused if there aren't random encounters or at least training encounters, whatever you want to call that. Um, Because, like, how am I going to level these Pokemon up if I'm only fighting against trainers? Maybe it's walking. Maybe it's solving puzzles. I don't know what it'll be. But either way... I'm gonna buy this game. Yeah, absolutely. It's in my um, in my mind. It's already money spent. Like that money, that money has already been spent in the future by future Eduardo. Um, and my wife left, so I can say these words freely and openly <laughs> without fear. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, I'm buying this game, and I am super hyped for it. Um, but along with that, they did say that another Pokemon game. Gen the next generation is in the works and it is going to be coming out sometime at the end of 2019. Yeah, man, people freaked out. Like they saw that, and I saw a lot of hate comments that were like, "This isn't what we wanted." Like, like, calm down. They're not going to stop making these collect everything Pokemon games. Right. Like, you're going to get your actual next, you know, in the saga thing. And I'm sure Nintendo will be very upfront. Pokemon company very upfront about this is our last game if they ever come to that you know eventually they're gonna run out of weird creatures to draw eventually I mean they've already they've already kind of done that like some of them are literal swords there was an ice cream cone I remember there being an ice cream cone there is an ice cream cone yeah um yeah so who knows there's gonna be another Pokemon game they're gonna continue making those Pokemon games um I think it's important that they continue to innovate on those Pokemon games because it will get stale eventually. And, you know, not every game has that type of longevity. And Pokemon is one of those games that does, and they have to continue to innovate um, to give sort of the people what they want. I want Pokemon Coliseum, but fleshed out, essentially. Oh, that game was good. Right, right. It's fantastic. I liked the the second one. It had the Chansey minigame where you're catching all the eggs. Uh, The minigame part was my favorite part. Of, it was uh, so good. Pokemon Coliseum. I just love everything the, Pokemon in. The Hitmontop one where you're like spinning oh, around like the, a Beyblade. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness, you're giving me flashbacks. How would we feel about a massive online Pokemon game with an MMO feel? Um, I don't know if I'd like that because it seemed like you'd have to pick like one Pokemon. My first thought is like World of Warcraft where there's like 10 Pokemon classes and you pick one and like Blastoise is the tank. And like God of War, but, God of War, but Pokemon just telling boy at Pikachu. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about an MMO. I think an MMO sounds like a good idea in theory. Um, WoW is essentially already doing it with their pet battle system. Like there is a community for that pet battle system. Like that game sort of already exists. So if there would be people to play it. They would just have to really implement it well. Now this this game does sort of exist. There is a, an MMO 
uh, like old school style Pokemon game made by like um, some independent developers online, you could find it. Um, but whether or not that game's ever gonna like actually take off or Nintendo's ever gonna th- look at it, I don't think so. I think they're gonna continue with their model, at least for now. I think Pokemon Go was their multiplayer online Pokemon game. And I don't think, it doesn't look like they're gonna be stopping that train anytime soon. I also am not 100% sure if that free online Pokemon thing is legal. Probably not. Just like yeah. every other, like, um, <laughs> just like every WoW um, private server gets shut down all the time. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, that's true. Either way, that's going to be played. By the time that game comes out, I will have a capture card for my PlayStation, or for my PlayStation, for my PC. We will be playing it on stream. I'm going to get the Pokeball controller. I'm going to wear that thing to work. I don't care if people see me walking around with a Pokeball on my hip. It's going to be you, awesome. Did you ever have Pokemon Soul Silver or Heart Gold? No, I didn't. So, I had the remakes of of Red and Blue, which was Fire Red and Leaf Green. So, but so, I didn't have those. Soul Silver and Heart Gold had a small little Pokemon Pokeball. It was like a little sphere, and it was like a little clip, and you could clip it on you, and it was basically that. It was almost like a Tamagotchi of a Pokemon that you carried around with you, and you could import and export Pokemon. Um, and it was essentially like that. train them while you're walking. Right. And it was essentially Pokemon Go before Pokemon Go started. Like the steps that you would take would help level the Pokemon up and things like that. Um, and so it was that same concept. And so it looks like they're they're trying to continue on with that Pokemon in real life thing, which do, do you remember when the first Pokemon Go trailer came out? Do you remember that feeling of being so hype? about Pokemon Go and the idea of being able to find Pokemon out in the world. Like, I, like, remember, like, almost coming to tears because I was so excited for it. And I'm not saying I'm that excited for this, but I am really excited. I I remember that feeling. I remember every single person that I know holding. I'm just staring at Eduardo. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I remembered it very well. Like, every single person that I knew on social media was posting about it like there you know how there's there's like fads that happen and you have that like group of people that are all posting about it and then like that small sliver that are just kind of observing and then the other big chunk of like grumpy uh, they're not always old men but for the sake of this argument this chunk of grumpy old men that are like i hate relevant things and fads are stupid there were almost none of those for pokemon go right. like it was like fanboys everyone else and that was an awesome feeling. Of course, the game at its initial launch bombed a little bit. But I, I remember when we were all waiting for it to come out, I was playing a board game with a couple of friends. And we were told that the release was happening a little earlier than I was there. expected to. I was there. And it was me that told you. No, it wasn't you. I, was, I know who I was playing with, but it wasn't you, were, you. You were playing with me. I remember. I remember being there. It was me. I swear to you. Whose house were we at? I don't remember, but I was there because I remember sitting down playing a board game and going, Pokemon Go just came out. And everybody else was like, wait, what? Pokemon Go just came out? And we all started downloading it right then and there. I'll tell you after this, when we're not name dropping people where I was because you okay. weren't with me. But the point is that we all dropped the board game we were playing. We downloaded Pokemon Go and we struggled through the load screen for like hours to just try to walk outside and catch something. And I'm hoping that that same feeling happens when we all buy this game but it doesn't suck <laughs> yeah me too I, i'm i'm ready for a pokemon game to like 
come back and, and, and win me over again, you know? Pokemon Go, like I said, is I'll continue to play it. I'll continue giving my feedback on it um, and, and seeing if it's, if it's any better. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see if it, if it goes anywhere. Now, we've been, people have been clamoring. So ever since we, we, we first uttered the words Dungeons & Dragons, from the, the woodwork, nerds began to appear, going, what? You said Dungeons & Dragons? And everybody has been clamoring to know what we're doing in Dungeons & Dragons, what our characters are like, um, and what our experiences have been. And so we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about our Dungeons & Dragons experience. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of Dungeons & Dragons, but only a little bit because we've only played once, um, we, and you know we're, we're not experts by any means. And a lot of games that we talk about, we've experienced, but this is something that's very new to us. So we'll only touch on its, its sort of um, inception a little bit. So the game was designed by two gentlemen named Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. Um, and it was first published in 1974. Now think about that for a second. 19, um, 1974. And <laughs> um, it's 2018 right now. So that is what? Uh, 26, 30, 40? Peaches, you, you got math. this. No, you got this. Go ahead. Uh, what is that? 44 years? Yep. And so... This game has been going on for 44 years. Tell me another game that's not chess checkers and, like, Go that has been going on. And I mean, like, a game that has a real sort of following, right? Uh, This sort of fantasy-style role-playing type of game. Tell me another game that... Tag? Sure, Tag, maybe. Manhunt. (laughs) Um, And so it's, it's sort of incredible that it's been going on for that long. I... I agree. I mean, and it's it's funny too because it's strangely one of those things that survived like this. I don't know quite how to describe this, but I'm sure this is the same for you growing up because we've talked about this several times before on the show. But like if you think about when we were younger and like the journey up until now, when we were younger there was a lot higher concentration of people that like hated on nerds. Like they made fun of people that read comic books. They made fun of people playing D&D. They made fun of people playing video games, all that kind of stuff. And, and as we've gotten closer to today, you know, May 31st, 2018, that amount of people is, is way less, at least publicly, because a lot of those things are just more acceptable now. And I don't need to talk more about that because we've said that in like 50% of our episodes. But the point is, the fact that Dungeons and Dragons is like one of the king nerdy things of all of those, and it's still heavily played today is pretty impressive um especially because it's like a lot of it is content and maybe this is why it's so successful but a lot of dungeons and dragons is content that the players are creating themselves you know they have this rule book that tells them how to do it but ultimately it's your dungeon master who comes up with this this story and guides everybody else through it. So every time somebody plays, unless they're using probably some sort of template or something, it's different for everybody. And I think that's probably what gives it such longevity. Now, um, so the game has had an estimated 20 million players playing it right now. And this is a quote that I got um, 
from Wikipedia. It's quoted right there. Um, we'll have the links to it, but this is a this is a, a, an entire quote. D&D's publication is commonly recognized as the beginning of modern role-playing games and the role-playing game industry. So without D&D, there is no Witcher, there is no Zelda, there is no, basically any role-playing game. If you can think of one, if there was no D&D, those probably would not exist, at least in their current form. Um, D&D was sort of the the... The, the grandfather, the granddaddy of all these games, right? Um, and so we sort of owe D&D a lot, a lot for that. And the idea that there's 20 million people playing right now, not right now, but like in this day and age is, is insane. Um, right now. Now, we did play this past Saturday, Peaches, myself, Cody, who's been on the show, and Lewis, who's been on the show. Um, we all sat down on our computers and we played a game of D&D. Now, um, we're going to talk about all, uh, all about our, our experiences. Now, Peaches, you particularly, and I'm going to pick on you just a little bit, have a, a specific type of brain. Your brain is very, these are the rules, and I have to follow the rules, and that yeah. is how I complete this thing, because these are the rules and they say so. And D&D, by and large, is a game that says, these are the rules, but meh do what you want right like use your imagination use your creativity to kind of like circumvent that so how was that for you um playing D the first time it was stressful hearing you just repeat that to me that's that's how it was <laughs> so it's like if you don't know me personally that's fine i'm going to give you a little tidbit about me and even if you do know me personally and you don't know this about me just just understand one thing like i'm the guy that won't even let me, let me just give you an example instead of trying to explain this with a metaphor. Where I work, there is a bridge that goes to a downtown area that has like a shopping, shopping and dining and whatever. And sometimes on my breaks, I will walk from the building I work in and I'll go over the bridge and I'll go and I'll get some food there. In front of the bridge, there is a sidewalk area that kind of goes to the right, goes up slightly and then goes back to the left just to access the stairs so you do this weird like snake-like pattern to get to the stairs and in between the sidewalk that is created right there there are bushes and some flowers and there's a part where clearly people have walked through like a thousand times because they don't care about the plants that other people planted okay no matter how many people i'm around no matter if the patch of dirt there is super rugged or whatever, I will not walk through it because in my brain, somebody designed this sidewalk so that I was supposed to walk around it to get to the bridge. That is the level of rule, rule breaking of anti rule breaking that I am. So like when you get this booklet here, this, this giant just monstrosity of an instruction <laughs> manual and it tells you here's all the rules, but eh, whatever. You know, that's super stressful to me. Like it does, if you want to look at it this way, it does basically tell you you're allowed to do whatever you want. So as far as rules go, I would be following the rules if I did whatever I wanted, but I need structure. So it was very hard. It was hard to learn what was going on because like I was saying earlier, everybody's game ends up being different. So I don't really know what I am or I'm not going to be allowed to do. Um, Character creation is always really hard for me in any game because you give me too many choices with the character to create and I will sit there forever. Like even World of Warcraft, when they only had like six hairstyles for every race, I would sit there and look at them over and over and over until I could 
figure out exactly what it was that I wanted. But this isn't um, too many choices. This is every choice. This is every choice. This is like, I don't have a catalog of hairstyles for your dwarf to pick from, okay? <laughs> you need to decide what hair your dwarf is going to have. Right. Go ahead, take your time, because when you're done with that, you need to decide what color eyes they have. And right. then you need to decide this and this and this. So it's just, I don't know. I was stressing a lot over it. Um, it took me probably a week longer than everybody else to make my character because <laughs> I was actually just like, I, I was physically stressed thinking about what to do. So I don't know. You didn't seem to have as hard of a time as I did. What, what, what did you go through? You don't care about the rules. So I, I think <laughs> it has to do with the way that we play video games, right? So I am a incredibly story narrative focused type of gamer. The way that I play games, I love, I love the idea when I, we, um, peaches is the best man at my wedding. And we, um, we went to this like beer and board game type place for my bachelor party, which was fantastic. And when I sat there looking at the list of board games, um, I picked the one that just kind of looked like it had the coolest theme to me. I was like, this one looks like a fun, like cool theme. Like, let's do this. It was like some weird dark horror esque type oh, yeah. game. Right. Um, it was weird. It was a weird game. It was fun. It was a fun time. But like, to me, the fun is hanging out with my buds, playing a fun game that has cool themes and weird stuff. And so D and D just kind of came really natural to me. And so the idea of playing, um, D and D, um, just seem like a like a perfect fit for the type of gamer that I am. I'm glad that it didn't stress you out as much as it stressed me out. <laughs> well, what what about now? Are you st- still stressed out um, now that we've played our first session? Um, I would. I don't know how to answer that. I, it's hard to answer because I don't. I I can never. You can never know what's coming next. Sure. You know what I mean? Like everything. And by the way, Lewis is the DM. I don't know if we said this earlier. Cody is playing with us. We have another friend who's going to join us next week, uh, Pat. He might be on the show at some point too. Right. Um, and Lewis is DMing, right? So every all this whole story is in his head. And he's also a very creative and fun guy. So it's like, you never know what he's going to come up with. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be allowed to do, which stresses me out, even though I know like my character class and like what abilities I have. I think the hardest part for me, just in general, based on our first playthrough was like, there were times when you would be, Lewis asked you specifically to have some sort of interaction in the world, right? And I could hear what he was telling you and what you were telling him and what you were doing in the world. But I had to really think about, well, Peaches heard what happened, but did my character hear what happened? And I constantly had to be thinking about, what does my character know versus what do I know? And so I think that kind of makes it hard. Like, um, like, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to spoil this because we're going to have to break it to people anyway, eventually. Uh, we did end up recording this first session. We had some audio issues with the recording. So we're going to have to summarize it um, when we record next time so that you guys can kind of follow along if you'd like. But to spoil part of the story, when the suit of armor attacked us and the dagger that created the suit of armor was glowing and then it stopped glowing, like I didn't know until like my third attack that I my character was allowed to know that. And I was like hoping that you guys would pick up that that dagger was important, but I couldn't outright tell you, hey, Thedric, you want to pick up that dagger? <laughs> because like... Why not? 
Well, your character if your character knows something, then you can know. Right? Like if That's you, what I mean. I didn't know if I knew, if my character knew. Well, if your character I mean I think it's just difficult because like um you're you're trying to put yourself in the in your characters and like our DM Lewis has specifically said he doesn't like metagaming, which is I had to ask him what that was because I didn't know what it was. And it is <laughs> using the outside information that you have in the game with your character and I had no idea like that was even a thing and that he said that a lot of the times you don't think about doing it. It just kind of happens because you have that information. And so it's it's like a hard thing to, to, to try to put put that wall there to make sure you're not using that information. Like at the beginning of the game, there had to be some way to get us all together. And I sort of had to metagame to be like, we're going to have to meet up at some point. So let's just do it now. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll keep you guys updated. We're playing again um, next week. Uh, Pat will finally be there. Hopefully, Cody's there. He's about to have a. He's about to be a daddy, and so we're hoping he's going to be there. But honestly, at this point, who knows? Um, and so, <laughs> so maybe he can play too. Oh, dude, that'd be so dope. Um, Callan and, so, and Child. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now. Um, what else? What else were your thoughts about the game, man? As far as playing it, as far as it's it's sort of the way its mechanics was it was it what you thought it would be? Um, I did have a lot of trouble kind of remembering, and luckily we have this reference guide, right? And and Lewis has played before, so he kind of knows what's going on. But um, I had a hard time kind of keeping track of of what I was allowed to do, and then how to roll based on what I did. Like when I made an attack. I think I might have accidentally run once hit with an attack and then rolled the D20 to put the damage counter on it instead of like wow. the D8 that I was supposed to use. Yeah, remember the remember the part where we were fighting the goblins and yeah. I had my character like jump in the air and slam his hammer yeah, down yeah. on their head and I hit him for like 18 damage. Oh, I understand now. That's how we got 18 damage. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't take that much damage. That oh, was okay probably an accident but like you know we're learning and it wasn't something that i did on purpose it was sure. something that i realized later that i should have done better um so i don't know I, I think it's the same with any game though you know you have to take some time anytime you play a game um especially board games because board games board games and like and role-playing games like this they're like they're not as hands-on as a video game is right a video game you're immersed in this world and you don't really have choices but to follow possibly tutorials or to do the thing you're supposed to do eventually to progress in the game whereas like with a board game you might be following the rules 100% the whole time you're playing but if you don't kind of figure out what the strategy is for that board game and then execute the strategy you'll never win you'll just be playing it and so games like this it, it takes a lot more thought I think Sure. And I mean, I think that the most important part is that I don't think it's necessarily, and maybe that's where you're having the most struggle, but it's not necessarily about winning. It is about just playing the game. And so it's tough because you, there, I don't think there's a, I mean, I guess you can technically reach the end of the story and that's how you quote unquote win. But in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily about, about winning. It's not about succeeding at everything because you can fail in D and D and it's okay because the story continues. You sound like my dad after I lost my sixth grade soccer game. <laughs> it's okay. You didn't win, but it's important that you played. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, and that's like, 
it's kind of what D&D is, right? Like, we, when we were talking about our character creation, what, did, what was it that we were talking about? Like, I think it was the gold, and you were like, why not just take the gold? And I was like, because it doesn't, like, it's not what my character would do. And, like, I'm not trying to win at D&D. I'm trying to play the story and what my character would do. And my character, um, his name is Thedric, and he's very, very naive because of his his background and his history. And so I am 100% sure somebody would have just swindled him out of all of his money and he'd be left uh, with yeah. nothing. Um, I had a hard time remembering what you were talking about for a second. But yeah, I was like, dude, the rules say right. <laughs> you're supposed to have starting gold. I need you to roll. <laughs> and I was like, no, it, just, this is, it doesn't make sense for my character. My character wouldn't have gold because he's an idiot and somebody would have taken advantage of him because that's you know what the character would have been and i think that's it's important to make the distinction is that you're 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 playing a character you're not necessarily playing yourself somebody would have pickpocketed your gold while you were juggling no they would have been too enthralled by my juggling my (laughs) juggling was on point i rolled a 20 you did roll a 20 for your juggling (laughs) that's true well done um so what what did get more in depth with how you felt about it like I really at all? I really enjoyed it. I've been listening to a lot of D&D podcasts for like the past six months. I listened to um, You Meet in a Tavern, which is one that I've started listening to recently. But the one that has really, really caught me is um, There Will Be Dungeons, which is done by the Frog Pants Studios guys. So go listen to them. They're fantastic. Um, and it's a really, really great listen. And I've really enjoyed it. And that's what kind of brought me on this. I want to play a D&D. And more than anything, I want to record a podcast. So eventually we're going to be putting these recordings out there. Um, so I sort of knew the ideas of how to play and like what I wanted to do and, and the, the tone that I wanted our game to have. And it was very crucial for me to find people that had like-minded opinions um, about the game and about how we play. You know, what's interesting is our characters. So our characters are a lot of the times are not just a reflection of us, but sort of a parody of ourselves in times. I'm going to pick on Cody. Who's going to listen to this. He's going to listen to this. So Cody is, probably one of if not the nicest person that i know he is such a genuinely nice person and peach is going to take that really really personally because he is like i'm a nice person but cody is like a like a legitimately just like a really really nice person you you can be i'm legitimately nice (laughs) i'm kidding um but he's just but the, the the reason i'm saying that is because his character is kind of a dick <laughs> and it's almost like he wants to play out the fantasy of being an asshole and i think that's so cool that such a nice person can create such a like kind of like a snooty stuck up character you know he kind of i didn't actually realize that until you said that but you're right like he is cody is one of the <coughs> most <coughs> excuse me hold on man i just you know thought i would choke in the middle of the show Um, Cody is like one of the most polite people I've ever met it's true and then hearing him like talk as his character a little bit was little it was like a little weird but at the same time I didn't really notice it because I was thinking about what his character would say but when you actually take him out of that context and you think about like Cody versus Callan right like yeah he definitely had that like arrogant snooty like you know I'm gonna do what I want kind of attitude right right it's not Cody at all no, it's not him at all, and I think that's fantastic, and it's such a great opportunity we have to, to play out these characters, and I think it's so telling, specifically because it's our first D&D characters, right? So our first D&D characters are probably very telling as to um, things that we'd like to roleplay as, like things that we'd like to be, like, you know, um, 
like for me, for instance, I'd like to have uh, like for you. I think you want a you want a redemption story. You want a story about you sort of like. Um, redeeming this thing that's that, that, that you're sort of overcoming. For me, it's about I want to have that like that like grand heroic journey. Like that's something that like from a kid I, I base a lot of my characters on um, my character specifically on Hercules and um, and sort of that that sort of orphaned person who has this really important background who is trying to find themselves. It's probably really inspired by lots of Disney movies and so it's something that I've always wanted to role play as. You know, as a kid that's like kind of what I would I would do. I'd play around and be like the hero, you know, and it's something that I've always wanted to kind of um, kind of role play as and so it's sort of telling that these 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 things are kind of coming out. I will find my way. Right. I you know I distance and we'll see because now that we've sort of introduced the way our characters are now give it six months i guarantee our characters will have have developed um emotionally and will be almost different to where they are now you know i'm sure because we'll have to you know we're going to end up meeting pat's character um pat didn't get to play with us the first time so um we'll have to i'm sure we'll get introduced to him in a weird way and we'll have to kind of have interactions with him and then I'm sure we'll have to have a way to kind of, you know, figure out how to get back on track like we were doing before. And I don't know. I think, I think more confidence too, and all of our characters will come as we learn how to play the game better. You know, even though, even though I'm the kind of person that, you know, tries to follow rules to a T and other people aren't that, you know, obsessive about it. Like, it's still most of our first time playing. So we still all have a lot of comfortability to gain um, just from doing it. And I think that just comes with anything, you know, like anything that you do in life requires time if you want to get good and comfortable and experienced with it. So I think we'll get there. I'm with you. I think we're going to get there too. And I think it's going to be great. And I think that's why I chose the, the group that we, that we ended up with is because we're all, we're all friends. We all know each other, um, and we're all comfortable with each other. It's people that I thought would be comfortable talking in this. I didn't pick any uh, shy people. Everybody is. Uh, oh, Teddy says hi, everyone. Um, but <laughs> Teddy's I not pick... shy either. He wants to be a dog in the game. <laughs> Success. Um, yeah. So if you're, I mean, I'd say like if you're listening to this and you've been thinking about trying D and D, I'd say just go ahead and find a group of people and just give it a give it a right because. You're not really going to know that you like something in most cases, not to sound like I'm preaching a a moral or a a lesson of some sort, but like you're really not going to know how you feel about something until you do it, right? And at the end of the day, you can play um, Dungeons and Dragons for zero money. You can go online. If you you don't want to roll physical dice, you can find like a dice generator. Um, You can generate all sorts of however many sided die that you need that's completely free you don't have to pay for the player's handbook you don't have to buy this thing i mean it's cool to have you can reference it you know it's like people that are really adamant about like paper versus a kindle sort of thing like it's cool to have in front of you but you can find all this information on the internet too and really all you need is just a core group of people you don't even need four we have four players in one dm you can do it with three people total Right. You can do it with two players and one DM, you know, and whatever. Figure out if you like it. If you don't, oh well, you know. 
Well, and like looking into it, I started looking at like other ways. Like, so you got awesome sites like D&D Beyond and Roll20 that give you the, the opportunity to play online. And there are like communities of people like posting like, hey, I'm doing this game. This is the edition I'm doing. Join it if you want to. And you could join those. There are entire text like forums based off text like post to play D&D. So you're literally just posting on the forum when it's, you know, when something happens and you're sort of playing this persistent game whenever you want to try to chime in. There's like Discord servers for that too, where you just are playing a text version of D&D and you're just kind of sort of texting with other people saying, hey, this is my role. This is what I do. And, um, right. and sort of that's, I think it's ease of play is what really makes it, which, and let me say ease of play by saying it's easy to sort of pick it up and play it. Like we played it five people. I mean, it will be five people who live all across the country, literally West coast, East coast, up down, like North, South, we're, we're everywhere. And we picked up when we played it and it was no problem. Um, and so we really are in like the four corners of the United States. We are, we are. I didn't really realize that. We are. We're we're all over the place. Um, and so it's it's just sort of telling of the game, and I think why the game has stood sort of the test of time is sort of its its ease of its ease of entry. Yeah. And so Definitely. we'll see. Um, now, now that you've played it, what do you think is is what makes it special? You know, now that you've played it, now that you've you've delved into it, what what is it that sets D and D apart, and what and is sort of the reason why it's it's stood the test of time, and it is such a such an impactful game. It's kind of loaded yeah, because I, I'm, I'm painting it in a really positive picture. But I might have jumped the gun earlier and not realized you're going to ask this question by just saying like how versatile the game can be. Right. Uh, I think that's what gives it its longevity. Is is that there's never going to be a duplicate game of Dungeons and Dragons. There's always going to be somebody coming up with their own scenario in their head, whether that ends up being good or bad. It's not up to me to decide that. Like there's always going to be creative juices flowing when it comes to the structure of this game, which is great for people that like don't have a way to express. Maybe they don't have the right outlet for, for expressing their imagination or something like that. And this is kind of where they can do it. You know, and I think that that's probably probably something that makes this game so important to people in general. Like, you cannot go into a comic shop and not find like six people in the back of the comic shop playing Dungeons and Dragons at a table. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's always happening when you're in there. Obviously, people still love this game, and I think what it does for people is it just kind of gives them some sort of escape, allows them to be who they want. They don't have to be who they are, which is another thing in of itself but you know it's imagination it's freedom for people and i think that it's just it's at the end of the day as no matter how i end up feeling about it it's something that's really great for people so thumbs up you know and if, Dungeons and dragons i think it has, a, it has to do with parameters right so like we are getting to an age and i was, I was gonna bring this up earlier and i forgot but we're getting to an age where video games are starting like people People want more visceral experiences, and I brought this up last week, I think, as well. People are yearning for more visceral, tangible experiences. They want more board games. They want to to be to sort of be a part of of, of different things, um, and so I think um, I think we as a society want. To, to, to have those more like intimate experiences again and I think video games sort of like are starting to create um, sort of barriers for people and they want to have more like tangible experience take Breath of the Wild for instance Breath of the Wild why is it such a fantastic and game breaking or uh, sort of um, 
generational type game and it's because you can do whatever you want you can use your imagination to do what you want and people are sort of clamoring for that and they haven't had that in a long time because you have games and they're not, I'm not saying they're bad games but you have games like take the Uncharted series that say you're going from point A to point B this is what you were doing this is where you're going this is the story whereas um, a game like D&D is all about choosing your own story um, and maybe that's where society is headed back to now that we've sort of delved in a lot of other people's stories we want to start creating our own again and I'm gonna cry over here. <laughs> and so, you know, who knows? Who knows what's gonna what's gonna be the future? We're gonna continue playing D and D. What do you do? You think? What do you think about um, board games and, and like tabletop games? Do you think that they're gonna continue to sort of like they reach the continue their prevalence and sort of reach continue to rise? We're gonna have to take away the computer from you, Mister, because you are distracted by the computer. <laughs> <laughs> No, dude, you know I love board games. I've been bugging you about covering some board game stuff since we started this show. And right now, um, except for sort of mentioning one or two that we've played along the way, um, I think this is the closest thing we've gotten to talking about board games slash tabletop games. Like, clearly, it's a tabletop game. Um, I love board games. I think that board games are a great way to, in most cases, bring people together um, it's a good way to keep everybody around the table. I mean, it, it depends on who you're playing with too. Like you don't necessarily always want to play a game with somebody who t- like takes it too seriously and that sort of thing. That's kind of the big difference between, you know, video media and board games is that if you, if you and I start playing a board game and it turns out you're an asshole, I either have to get up in the middle of the game and walk away or just deal with you being an asshole the whole time. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas in a game online, if you and I are playing Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch, you know, League of Legends, whatever, and some guy is being toxic, we can block that person or we're probably just never going to play with or against them again because there's so many people playing. So it's definitely a different like social media, but I just like that it kind of brings everybody into the same space and, you know, Sometimes you play games together. You all win as a group. Sometimes you're competing. And um, I don't know. I've, I have a lot of fun with board games. And, and ever since most of most of the board gaming friends I had moved away, we don't. I don't get to play as often. Um, there are still people around. Like my roommates like playing sometimes. Um, a couple of friends that I have like to play sometimes, but we just don't. It's we just don't have the time or the the volume. And I know you like board games too. You you're more into the card games though, as far as tabletop games goes. I am. I love 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 a good card game. Um, I've been playing card games since I was like young, like Pokemon and you know Yu Gi Oh and all those. Those are all my jam. And so um, I love card games. And so I I, I want to have that opportunity. But also like it's tough because there's sort of a stigma around the type of people that play card games like. And not just card games and board games in general, but I think specifically card games. Like, there is a card game type. There is a type of person that, like, plays, like, Magic the Gathering. At least there is an assumed type, right? Um, and so uh, I think it's it's interesting um, because I, I, I don't play those games anymore specifically because I didn't enjoy the communities. I didn't like that, that, sort, of, that sort of environment. I didn't like those. Um, and not to say that some of my closest friends that I've had, I've gotten from playing in those communities. Um, and we've become really good friends because of one of the one of my friends that listens to the show. His name is Matt, and he we, I met him playing Yu-Gi-Oh. We played Yu-Gi-Oh together, and we became really good friends. And um, we've been friends for years. And so um, 
I would never would have met him and he's like one of the people that I enjoy but then there was a lot of like really skeezy slimy people that played a lot of these card games and it's sort of finding the balance of, of what we can do and I think that's why board games create this really great opportunity to, to play with people that, that are like minded as you because you're playing with your friends most of the time yeah that's true yeah, you know what you're getting into when you are playing board games right as far as the people go you don't know what you're getting into when you're playing you know something online right sure or something where you're getting matched up with a random opponent or something in like along yeah. those lines um and so you know we'll see what happens with board games i think D is alive and well i think it's going to continue to thrive i think um as, as far as it as it permeates with culture i think things like uh, stranger things and you know um freaks and geeks did uh, wonders for pushing D back into the minds of people and i think people because when we've said this a hundred times and you said it earlier we're going to say it again because culture right now is more forgiving and more understanding of sort of geek culture um we'll continue to see it see it go up you know we'll continue to see it rise that's true and i'm happy because I don't get kicked for being a nerd anymore. Right. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it crazy that we live in this time? And we're going to say this basically every episode from now on. And for, we have started every episode, right? Is that That's our new show ticker. Right. We are nerds and <laughs> that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> we are nerds. And... Me, but me. <laughs> Wreck it, Ralph. I think that's going to do it for this show. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining in. We've had lots of people pop in and out, and that's okay. If you're watching right now, um, feel free to follow the channel. It really helps us um, sort of get more people uh, with eyes on um, the channel. So go ahead, click that follow button. It's really, really, really appreciated. Um, check us out. We are on iTunes. For those that are watching live, we're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Um, for those that are listening, um, we are streaming now almost every week at twitch.tv slash Eduardo. So you can catch us there. We'll be live streaming these shows. You can see our faces. It's a lot of fun. We interact with the chat. So come on down. Um, and it's a great time. Now, Peaches, where can the folks find you? I just want to put this out there that if you don't have eyes, we still like you and want you to listen to us. <laughs> we do not discriminate against eyeless people. That's, cr- that's correct. So we love we love you. If you have eyes or if you don't. Right. No, find me at twitch.tv slash peaches. Uh, give that channel a follow too. I'm getting really close to affiliate and that would mean a lot to me. Um, it's definitely been a journey and uh, we've both kind of felt like we've been getting better at our respective thing um, since we started. So we'd like to keep getting that experience and that, um, that feedback from anybody that would care to give it to us. Um, I'm also at... Twitter, I'm going to try to use my Twitter more often. We were talking about this last night. We're not great at social media. So kick us in the pants about social media. Don't kick us in the pants about being nerds, okay? Because we know you're a nerd too. But, <laughs> but if you want to see more of us on social media, just, you know, you just toss us in the pool because we need to get better about it. We both know that. D underscore peaches for me at Twitter. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. And one last reminder, guys, if, if you're – if you're just tuning into the end of this and you're on Twitch, um, near automata won the poll for the game of the month for June. We're going to start that some point starting tomorrow and so on until the end of June. Um, Eduardo and I may stream some of that. We're going to put a new status on our Facebook page, uh, squad up on Facebook. 
where you can vote for the July game of the month that's going to go from June 1st to June 28th. Okay. Um, and that's all I've got for today. So. Well, you can find me over at twitch.tv slash abcdeguardo on Facebook at twitch or abcdeguardo on Twitter at abcdeguardo. You can find the show facebook.com. Um, you can find it at facebook.com slash squad up podcast. Um, you can find all of our stuff there. Um, for some reason, the show outro is not playing and that's weird. Um, but that's okay. I'll figure it out later. Do you want me to just do the show outro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. I'll figure it out later. Um, but that's going to do it for the show. Um, thank you, everybody, again for listening. And as they say, good luck. Have fun. And make sure you do the Bye, everybody.